One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hello, everyone from Dumpty Dum, uh, especially Bernie Mag. Uh, just wanted to say that we are continuing the tradition of basically Titian going around the globe, meeting fellow Dumpty Dummers, and one, having a couple, two, recording a Dumpty Dum. <laughs> so we are uh, at the Resting Hare, which is just near Euston Station. It's Di Middleton here. Um, imaginatively called Di Middleton underscore QC <laughs> on Twitter. That's exciting, isn't it? And obviously Titian. Uh, hello, hello. Hello. <laughs> and we're going to do Dumpty Dum. Why not? Why wouldn't we? We had a little, what, I think we call it, what would you call it? A mini meetup? Mini meetup. I mean, no, meet 50 up. people here, just like they're wearing oh, Madrid. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. A massive meetup. Yeah, massive. Sorry, massive meetup. Uh, we've left their meeting canapes and champagne uh, while we slip out and do a quick Dumpty Dum. Okay, we're going for it. Ready? Two. Two. Are you the sheep or am I? Oh, that still gets me. Still gets me. Titian, a quick, quick message to you, my dear. You sent through another dumpty dum, and I've lost it. And then you did uh, take me to task some months ago, saying, "Where's the other dumpty dum? I can't <laughs> find it." So if you want to send that through again, email it because generally I don't lose emails, and then we can uh, whack it on next week's show, folks. Because this is dumpty dum, the show about the reality docu drama that are centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I am the smashed avocado that is Royfield Brown. Or with me are the smashed old woman that is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Clary's birthday breakfast, folks, is you know this week's dumpty dum was of course from Artisan and the lovely D D Middleton. Now, Lucy, somebody else would like to send us in a dumpty dum. How exactly can that be done? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203-031-3105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups. And for doing Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her brilliant voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts. And to Derek, the in the back bedroom. Uh, Derek's been reading about the reality stars uh, at the moment who have gone on record as saying they felt pressured to have sex on the TV. Um, he's also felt forced into having sex on the TV and it meant the cable went funny and he couldn't get Netflix for weeks. <laughs> oh, you are funny. On this week's episode, we hear views from Monty, Sarah, Jojo, Witherspoon, Alison, Ashley, and Master Miles, who whenever I see Master Miles, I want to say Master Niles, and I don't know why. I really don't know why, Lucy. 
Hmm. I have to force myself to pronounce the second M on Miles. Very odd. Very odd indeed. But anyway, folks, less of that and more of our Lucy V. Freeman in a week. I said that completely (laughs) and utterly differently this week. I tricked myself up. Here we go. This week was brought to you by everyone saying things they've said 8 million times before. For example, Jill saying, I do hate all this bad feeling. Freddie saying, I've been so stupid. Pat saying, soup. Clary saying, (laughs) I'm that worried about you. Shula saying, oh, I don't know, mum. And Will saying, I knew I shouldn't have said that. We began the week with Freddie, desperate to show us his hidden places. I would pay good money not to see Freddy's hidden places ever. And so would everyone else. It transpired as a grand total of no one turned up to see whatever moldy old toot had been festering away in the lower Loxley attics. Freddy sat there behind his wobbly little table while Clary jeered at him saying, ha ha, no one wants to go and look at your old rubbish because you have taken drugs. Unlike my own entirely well-balanced non-drug taking. Oh, Clary was at lower Loxley as it was her birthday. She was pitifully pleased that her entire family had made her sit on a bench in the back garden to eat her breakfast, forced her to visit Lower Loxy in a muck cart being led by a farting pony, and that as a special treat, (laughs) she was allowed to borrow Emma's cardigan. Pat and Tony were watching the unfolding shit show that is Tom's life with horrified faces. We mothers are only as happy as our unhappiest child, so I've been miserable as sin for decades, said Pat. John's more cheerful than Tom and Helen, and he's dead. <laughs> Tracy, Tracy Horribin, the new queen of the village, in my opinion, knows so little about art, she doesn't even know what she likes, but she knows she likes cricket. In fact, she loves it. None of your sporting code of conduct for Tracy. She sledges more than the Finnish bobsleigh team, and for my money, she's worth the whole pack of them put together. Tracy pulling her T-shirt over her head, running around the bull car park and screaming victory songs is infinitely preferable to harassment and Chris mournfully sipping their pints and consoling each other in defeat by saying at least we weren't horrible to the fat boys. Bev (laughs) came to see Will. I've got a lot of time for Bev. She managed to get to the point in the first three seconds, which is more than anyone else ever does in Ambridge. She's not coming back to you, Will, because you're psycho, love. She did try and console him. (laughs) We all say things we shouldn't, Will. Only you do it 26 times a day. As she left, she said, if I think there's a problem, I will be back. Oh, she's like the Terminator in an M... M Oh, she's like the Terminator in an M&S blouse. Jazza's (laughs) constructive dismissal meeting was a riot. Jimus declared he was going to direct the flow, and the flow turned out to be one of total bullshit, which fortunately flowed in Jazza's favour. I haven't got a legal representative, said Tom. I haven't even got a wife. I've got some pigs and an app. There then followed a sort of auction. While Jim pontificated, Tom shouted numbers at random and Jazza cheered. I wish all HR meetings were like that. Then a whole lot of weirdness started. It was like the first half of the week was sane and normal. Well, comparatively speaking, obviously. And in the second half, one of the scriptwriters dropped acid and Mike Lee took over as director. Elizabeth discovered her business was going down the pan faster than one of Aunt Car- Auntie Cardboard's gingers. But how did she deal with this? By talking to her business manager, her children? No, by going to visit Will Grundy with some children's books for Parpy, who I'm not sure she even knew existed, but there we are. She then did Will's washing up. She told Will that she had been superwoman at work. 
Where she got that from? Lower Loxley was doing all right, but nowhere near Cape and Tights territory. She then gave him some <laughs> leaflets on mental health. Why? Was she planning on visiting him? Does she just always have a couple in her handbag? The whole thing was utterly bananas. They did waffle on about Nigel and Nick, I suppose. She said it was entirely normal that Will still spoke to Nick. Yes, said Will. But then I said something I shouldn't have, and now she's not speaking to me from beyond the grave either. Then Elizabeth trotted off towards the bull clutching her mental health leaflets to meet up with her loving family. Oh, super, <laughs> all my children together, hooted Jill, immediately striking the death knell. Then, out of nowhere, because of a burger and a storyline, David and Kenton had the most astonishing row. Shula sat mm. open-mouthed, gobful of burger, and Elizabeth quietly handed her one of her leaflets. As from now, <laughs> as from now, I have no brother, said David. He turned, stormed out of the Queen Vic and disappeared out of Albert Square. Please, scriptwriters, I beg you. Just at the moment, it looks like we're going to get Boris Johnson as prime minister. Madonna's gone mad. The biggest weapon we have against fascism appears to be milkshake. And Trump's trying to declare war. <laughs> Is it not too much to ask that sanity prevails in Ambridge? Just a bit of normality, a bit of acting in character. No artificial bust-ups just to create drama. We can all do without it, honestly. We won't desert if not much happens, truly. Trust us. The end. Oh, <laughs> well done. I like that plea at the end to the script writers. Well, it just got... Did you not think it was ridiculous? I suddenly... I was thinking, what the fucking hell is going on? Well, start starting with last week, I loved Bev, right? I just yes. thought she was common sense. She was yeah. plain speaking without being rude or blunt. And she just yeah. basically told Will what for in yeah. a lovely way. So yeah. I liked her more of her and... Um, as, as crazy as this sounds, I completely forgot that, of course, Poppy's her grandchild too. I just, it yeah. just hadn't occurred to me. Yeah. And she says, yeah. and, if, and if you mess up, I'll be coming back for Poppy. Yeah. Like, oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So, and what's uh, lovely well as well is that, is that she actually sounds a lot like Nick. Mm, yes. You can hear traces yeah. of the same accent, the same, the same intonation in her voice, which is great. That's mm. what they do so well, I think, the actors. Anyway. Yes. Um, so, so well done to all concerned with that. Now, We've had a couple of instances where we've just we've forgotten about characters that have gone through the same loss. So we had uh, Rory and Mia talking about the loss of you know their mothers, mothers and stuff, and then we had Will and Elizabeth. And I thought it was odd in that, yes, Elizabeth. I just didn't think Elizabeth would ever go around there, to be honest with you. No. Like, it's other side of the tracks completely. Yeah. And though they have this in common, and it would have been more... Oh, I don't know. Because it's not as if Elizabeth is, is uncaring, so why wouldn't she go around there and stuff? But it did feel a little bit too convenient. And yeah, absolutely. I, I, and I can't quite work out why other than i'm just i can't get over the, the class divide because as i said before elizabeth is uh, a caring and sympathetic person and would reach out a hand but somehow it felt forced and i don't know you know the last week or so i talked about this because if you had a social map or a social graph that you know will grundy's in a corner all by himself basically yeah. without any kind of social connections maybe it's because of that no one ever goes around to see will maybe that's what it is Apart from I, I his cannot mother, ever remember a scene or a storyline in which they were remotely connected. 
Yes, ever. exactly. Exactly, exactly. So the two characters never have been. But then also, people do not knock on Will's door unless they're family. There's just, mm. you know, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a black hole. he's more to shoot you if you do, isn't he? I mean, it's, <laughs> you, you'd, you'd think twice before giving him mm. any sudden shocks. <laughs> mm. uh, I, and it's also took me 30 seconds to figure out what the sound was where, uh, of uh, the ripped up paper. I was like, well, what, what's going on there? Yeah. And then I had to like play it back. And I missed when she said, here are some leaflets. Mm. Um, but I thought, what the hell's going on there? But anyway, uh, but you thought all of last week was bonkers, though, you say? At the first half, great. I loved the I loved the um, uh, the scene with uh, Jazza and Jimmus and Tom, where Tom's just going 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, Jazza going done <laughs> in the background. I thought that was lovely. And he said mm. to, to, to Jimmus, how do you do that? All those words. I'd <laughs> 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 oh, make it up. You know, it's just great. Um, that was sane. And then the two completely bonkers scenes were mm. the the row that came out of nowhere in the pub and the um uh and the, the scene with, with Will and Elizabeth. Mm. Just absolute bollocks. Total bollocks. Well, and I we, know that we, there was build up to the to, to Dave and Kenton falling out. Um but we've had no inclination. We haven't heard from David for weeks. And all of a sudden he's gone from naught to furious in sort of seven seconds. And he may well have been seething for ages because Jill said he had. He's only talking about one thing, blah, blah, blah. But why? What's the you know, has are they in trouble financially? What is what is what is the backstory here? There isn't any. It just suddenly went whoosh, and there we were. Mm. Furious David. It's just really odd. Well, there had been so there had been a, a little trail of David, kind of like. Well, it was just him going, oh, "Are you are you going to pay me back?" And him saying, "When Jolene's had her shots done, and when she's had this, and when she's had that." And David's going, "Oh, for God's sake, Kenton!" But none of this. People don't do that in real life. You're not my brother anymore. They just don't, and they definitely don't do it on the archers. Well, I tell you where the where somebody like David wouldn't do it is in public in front of no. other people. Yeah, you know, yeah, round at Brookfield in the kitchen. Yes, yeah, you know, in a field, you know, with his brother. Yes, not in a public place where all and sundry would be walking past. He's got too much about him. He wouldn't have done that. Be upset, be frustrated, fall out with your brother, say some nonsense. That that I can actually understand. Wouldn't have done it in the pub in front of people. That no. I don't believe. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, so have we just about done everything we last week? Is it time no time for caller inners? Or yes. shall we talk about Pat and you don't want to talk about Pat and Tony worrying about Oh, you did mention them worrying about Tom. You did. Well, it's just more of the same, isn't it? Hand ringing. Oh, Tony, where did we go wrong? You know, you're a harsh woman, you know. Well, I'm sick of it. (laughs) (laughs) We had it all with Helen. Oh, Tony, where did we go wrong? Oh, look, Tom's gone crackers. Oh, where did we go wrong? You know, are you you just sick of the whole Bridge Farm Archer clan? I think I'm sick of. I don't know. I just felt it was a poor show. It's a poor show this week. (laughs) It's a poor show. Well, I'll tell you about poor show. Considering I thought Bev was 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 rather fantastic, I don't know where you stand with this Patricia Hodge malarkey. I know this was Sunday's episode, and like three weeks on the trot, I've kind of half mentioned Sunday's episode. But I don't know about Aunt Camilla. I don't know, Luce. 
please tell me you listened to yesterday's episode. No, I didn't. Oh, okay. All right. All I'm saying is stereotypes and and tropes. Tropes? Yeah. Stereotropes. Stereotropes. Stereotypes Mm. and tropes. And it was like, come on now, please. But I don't know that type of person, so maybe they do exist and there's loads of them. But I just thought, come on now. Uh, And it was just in stark contrast to how warm and lovely Bev was. But Mm. when you listen to it, then then you'll understand. Um, Jazz are in the tea room. (laughs) Total cobblers. (laughs) But um, it was was, uh, quite funny. And it was sort of so... um, sitcom-y again sitcom-y trope you know that he no mm. no no, you go first no you go first no you go first I want to have my notice said oh okay oh actually I can't remember the thing I wanted to tell you oh how many times you know it's it's a long it's it's up there with the you know the surprise birthday party and blah 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 blah, blah and all that all that mm. old sitcom stuff but you know it worked quite well and uh it was but I it does worry me that Jazza thinks that four grand he's got he's now you know a millionaire and he never has to work again sort of thing and be he's believed the bullshit from the uh, from the um, uh, d- from from his stuff with Jim, and that he is he now does genuinely think that he is the savior of British industry, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Jim is a slightly he's created a bit of a monster, so that will that will go wrong. Mm. But you know, right then, uh, I've got nothing more to add to any of that. So why don't I do right. a bit of this? What accent was that supposed to be? I don't know. <laughs> Rude woman. <laughs> Hello, Ambridge three nine six two. All right, let's have a little touch of Sarah. Hi, this is Sarah. I got told off the first time I phoned. Um, this is only the second time, but I didn't do you know the proper dum de dum protocol. So I'll do it now. Um, I've been listening to the Archers all of my life, but the first major storyline that I can remember that I kind of you know set the clock, put it in my diary type thing was Kathy's rape. So Ooh, I think gosh. I'm a Kathy. Um, I've got a prop prediction for you. Um, I was thinking that the artworks in the attic um, or in the loft or wherever it is, um, that uh, Freddie was kind of talking about with Leonard. Um, I don't know whether they're going to turn out to be dust and cobweb-covered Matisse um, or something like that or a Monet, you know, that um, Ah, Nigel squirreled away somewhere and that's going to save the day um, and remedy all the horrible financial situation um, that, that Elizabeth's in. But anyway, just sounded, just caught my interest, and I, I thought, well, maybe that would be the answer. And it, and Freddie will be at the heart of that, having tried to do his best um, with the tours and everything. So he might be the one who can actually save the day and turn things around, and you know, restore the faith and the good name and the fine pedigree. Um, of the manor and, you know, it is a business and everything. So anyway, that's uh, a possibility. Keep up the good work. And, um, yeah, I look forward to listening to this week. It's kind of got my interest again. It, it lulled a bit, but now I'm back there and wondering, where is Natasha? See you mm-hmm. soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, I think that's a brilliant prediction, our Lucy. Yeah. Mm. I don't know, though, whether... 
he is, I mean, he could be, it could be a case that he's one of the ones that, you know, he's going to clear off again and we're not going to hear from him for a few years. He'll go off to Camilla and then he'll come back with a completely different voice in three years' time. Nah, this still needs to play out. Yeah. It still needs to play out. He, he he's, he's not going too far, is our Freddie. Okay. And I'm not saying that because I'm predicting it, but I heard it on Sunday. So I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think I, I've got some kind of like, I'm the third Mr. eye Mayfair raven. Of... <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yes. Uh, don't worry about our Freddie. He's not going too okay. far at all. Right. So, um, from Sarah, who was admonished and came back with a tail in between her legs and did her house, housekeep, housekeeping, um, it's our Jojo and she wears sexy heels. Hi there, Dumpty Dummers. It's Jojo Sexy Heels here. I have held back until today to bring my take on the similarities between the Archers and Game of Thrones. Both are family led dramas and a bit controversial here, but I think that Shula reminds me of Cersei. She has that strange <laughs> twinny relationship with Come her on. brother, thank goodness no incest in Ambridge, but her entire Yet. world centres around her offspring. Poor Dan has managed to escape by joining the army and Shula has now moved on from her cuckolded husband Alistair who never really was the birth father to Dan anyway. Very similar to the role of uh, Robert Baratheon and you know what? She's got somebody else in her sights, and I think it's Oliver Sterling. The role oh, of Tyrion, Cersei's brother, <laughs> who famously said, I drink and I know things, surely belongs to Jimmus Lloyd. He's manipulated local politics to get Emma Grundy into the parish council. He gathered around him a motley crew of supporters like Jazza and Alistair, who all look up to his superior education and knowledge of Latin. As I mentioned on the Twitters this week, I see Tracy Horobin as the mother of dragons, Daenerys Targaryen, with her feral <laughs> children. Her clear and insightful strategic view of, of cricket is matching that of the general leading her men into war and whispering in her ear with all of the gossip is Ambridge's own Lord Varys, Susan Carter. <laughs> of course, I see the Red Witch Melisandre casting her spells has to be Carol Tuagoran with her love of herbs. And that Elena Toole, who was the queen-to-be grandmother who was played in, in Game of Thrones by Diana Rigg, if you've seen it, you'll know exactly the role, that could only be cast as Piggy. The home farm archers are clearly all Starks. David has to be Jon Snow, the hero. Ruth, maybe as the mother, Caitlin, who sort of gets it wrong. Pim, Pippa Sansa, who thinks that she's better than she really is. And, of course, the dream of the family, Bran has to be Ben. The Grundys are clearly all wildings and the Aldridges are the Boltons with their fierce ambition. And of course, I could go on. But the roles of blacksmith, soldier, priest, confidant, double dealing, spy, cleric, gossip, all are to be found in both dramas. We have births, marriages, deaths, singing, sex and scandal. And both are only very loosely connected to reality. <laughs> Bye for now. <laughs> Bye. I, I I don't know about all of those um, uh, analogies there because uh, the Lannisters have money, so that's the Aldridges. Mm. Uh, though the Grundys is the wildlings. <laughs> that's a, that's a strike of genius. <laughs> no, Daenerys, Tracy is Daenerys. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, did you watch it? Yes. Uh, oh no, it hasn't. Has it? Do you haven't seen it yet? Have you the final episode? No. Well, I don't know. No, I mean, no, but know. I don't watch it anyway. Have you seen so the final episode? No, you but have, I wouldn't watch it anyway. So I don't know whether it's been. Well, whether it's but happened how or not. comes? How comes you have an opinion on who Daenerys should be then? Well, because she's the, the dragon the one, isn't she? Yes, but you said yeah, you well, said, you, her. You, she's said you don't watch it. I don't. I mean, watch she's it. everywhere. What well, do you she mean? Is. All she's over on like seven a million kingdoms, memes, isn't she? Hmm. Did did our Joe Joe say who Jon Snow would be? Yeah, David Archer. I missed I that. Thought, no, he's not. You know nothing, not. Jon Snow. You could have Ruth saying that, couldn't you? <laughs> oh no, David! <laughs> you know nothing. <laughs> I, I did miss her saying that David Archer is Jon Snow. I'm not quite so sure about that. No? No, I'm not sure. Well, you know, when you when you start off with a metaphor, you have to keep it going. <laughs> you have to just keep it going, however mm. bonkers it gets. I liked it. <laughs> hmm. Well done, Jojo. All right, now we are rattling through the course. I like it when we rattle through course, Lucy, mm. when there's a good pace. Yes. Hmm. Now it's, uh, it's, it's your boy, Monty. Is ah. he your boy? All right, then. Hi, Monty here. Um, just a quick one this week. I think we're witnessing the decline and fall of Will Grundy. Yeah. Um, he is going to lose Poppy. I think that's pretty clear now. That was hinted at very um, strongly. And also, I think it, he's going to lose his job. Um, he, he mentioned that himself, that he would be fine as, as long as he's got his job. Well, I think things are going to get a lot worse for him. Um, he... Uh, declined uh, to actually uh, use the help that is at his disposal, but uh, Elizabeth tried to point him in the right direction. But um, it's clear that he is emotionally incapable, incapable of accepting any help whatsoever, mm. and that will be his downfall. Yeah. Um, he's pushing everybody away, um, and he's a man on the edge. Um, yeah. It's not going to be pretty to watch, but I think. It's going to happen. Um, so that's it from me this week. Um, thanks again. Cheers. Bye. Bye bye, Monty. Monty mm. sounded quite husky this week, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You've got to... There was I have a, got a bit of a swarm for Monty. Yes, you're right. Mm. Well, well um, there was a real period back in the early days of the podcast, and you had a thing for many of the listeners, didn't you? I know. I went all giddy. Mm. Yes. Not so much what, now, though. What, what what was lacking in your life, Lucy? Why you were, yeah. <laughs> you know, lusting after our listeners? Well, I could say right back at you, Royf, but I won't, obviously. Who, who? Okay. Who did I lust after? Do you really want to do this? I'm going to say bring it. Which <laughs> listeners was I lusting after? I have one listener who I've got a massive soft spot for. Ah, oh, lovely Vicky Cole. That's it. That's it. Okay. There you go. So I've won that argument, so let's move on. Nope, now, I'm just corner. diplomatic, that's all. Um, <clears throat> I think, um, Monty, you're quite right. And also, I think if social services came round and found an emotionally unstable man with a gun licence, shotguns <laughs> all over the shop, <laughs> and... Recently bereaved, sure he should be laughing. But... His, you know, with his, with his, you know, small child wandering around, um, 
and the other siblings had voted to go and stay elsewhere, I think probably alarm bells the size of um, Big Ben would be ringing. So I don't think it's going to be long before something like that happens or, you know, he will... Um, uh, yes, it but you're right. It won't be pretty. It will be interesting to see how Clary reacts because it hasn't been, you know, that changes the family script of poor old Ed. Um, all of a mm. sudden we're going to have poor old William. Uh, mm. I don't know how she will react to that. I don't know how Ed will react to that. Uh, we kind of all believe that Ed is honourable, so we think that he will, you know, support his brother no matter what. Um, even though his brother's been vile to him most of his life. Um, but yes, but it won't be, it won't be nice. I wonder whether in a wider kind of view that what we aren't supposed to take from this is two characters at roughly the same time uh, going through, um, one through bit, uh, delayed bereavement and grief and loss around that. And then she suffers depression and she she has this crisis um, through just not being able to, to cope with, you know, the other stuff, which is then laid on top. Then you realize it's kind of, you know, delayed grief, which is at, at the root of it, but having the support of her family around, but also being able to communicate and to, Mm. Uh, to channel the fact that she is struggling. She didn't at first. And, I, and I, I'm presuming that most people that find themselves in the position of Elizabeth, you know, struggle at first to communicate that. Like they don't know what's happening to them. Mm. Whereas with Will, he's a man and classically us blokes aren't in touch with our feelings and emotions. And he has done a very typical male thing where, you know, I can cope and he's drawn yeah. the wagons around. And but also really... it's it's Ed. If any for him, any profession of weakness puts him in the same bracket as Ed, and he sees Ed as a failure. Yes, that that that's very true. So he just won't or, or, or he won't been. allow it to be the case. He will just will not acknowledge it. He will not allow it to be the case. Mm. Even though um in actual fact, the thing that really bugs him about Ed is that he got Emma. But, you know, that's kind of just one thing added into the mix, isn't it? It's kind of... Mm. We did say this last week that really, Clary, as much as your lover, is a massive enabler for a yeah, lot of Will's totally. behaviour. Mm. And she's going to be the only character who he will trust, who will, you know, literally eyeball him point a finger and say you need help she's the only person you will trust a few weeks ago i don't think she will ever do that well it's it's gonna come to that isn't it there's a few weeks ago where eddie does say to him i'm ashamed of you son the way that he let go of his help he treated him really quite badly yeah yeah you know we've never heard of this pete before but it was you know this character was invented just to be dispatched uh to to show (laughs) you that will um is burying himself in his work he doesn't trust anybody professionally he's always kind of been like that anyway you know he, he trusted george who who we learned from then other than and actually brian george brian clary three people who he trusts and actually i would say emma four people other yeah. than that is distrustful of absolutely yeah. everybody um 
I really think this is just just great the way that uh, the whole thing has been put together and constructed and however this storyline plays out we really do have a great new character that's come into the whole thing Mia somebody who we can all yeah. kind of root for yeah. and and just see how utterly emotionally selfish Will has actually been yeah. always thinking that his his grief is the only grief that happened when, yeah. when Nick died that yeah. his grief trumps and everybody else's you know but we've got this great character this great actor and she needs to come back to Ambridge I don't know how it's going to happen um but uh we can't we can't wave her off into into the sunset no 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 she's too good too good mm. too good indeed right so that's that that was our monty or your monty oh, monty, monty you sound so husky uh <laughs> but but this next this next caller in era we can both share Yay. hey baby i hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs mercy Greetings, Lucy, Royfield, Yoko Bear, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Today, I'm going to talk about William, and I'm going to be a bit kinder, or at least more objective toward him than others are. So please don't Ooh. throw tomatoes or tomatoes <laughs> at me. Look, he's not someone I would hang out with. That's clear. But he's not a Rob, Matt, or Clive Harbin, meaning he's not a sociopath. I started listening to The Archers when Emma left him for Ed, so I've always had some some sympathy for him that's been difficult to abandon. One key point on his timeline was a couple of years ago when I disliked him the most. He vehemently opposed the addition of women to the village cricket team. So regarding his views about women, we can draw a straight line from then to now and his reluctance to do the shopping, cleaning, and cooking. Good job, scriptwriters. I think I may have said this before, but William thinks very concretely and lacks the ability to reason abstractly. He is a very law and order type guy who looks at things through black and white lenses. He's so, so defensive as well. I actually don't think Clary goes far enough to help him. She will check up but then accept his reassurances that everything is okay. As Hillary Clinton said, it does take a village to raise a child. As we all believe, it's a good thing that Mia and Jake are now back with their biological father, but I hope they will maintain some sort of relationship with William. Okay, so I'm ready to take a a crack at him in therapy. Radio 4, fly me out to Ambridge. I've had plenty of dads in my office who have been more tone deaf about their kids and have said and done worse things. Really? Do I make progress with them in treatment? Sometimes. Will I with William? Even with him ripping up those brochures? Not so sure, but I'll give it a try and see you all when I'm there. Oh. <laughs> you got a message with a spoon? <laughs> uh, I think it's fine. That was me. That, that's oh. a, yeah. I, I'm, I'm supposed to be uh, going out for a walk in 30 minutes. Oh. No, this is an alarm saying, because otherwise I'll just stop in the house all day. Oh, I see. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to get more more healthy yeah. and stuff. So I've, I've, I've got to lose this uh, this dad bod that I've developed right. in the last 18 months. Yeah. And uh, getting out and having uh, regular constitutionals when you work at home, definitely yeah. what the doctor ordered. Right yes. now, so with a spoon... Um, Will's not so evil. There's there's worse there's worse people on planet Earth. I don't know if there are really. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> I agree with him though. I mean, the thing that, that bugged me about Will was the, um, was one of the, the, the many millions of things that bugged me was I, I uh, um, remind that I, I always remember him, him being so horrible about the um, cricket team about women mm. joining the cricket team and just, but he just has a very, as with the spoon said, he's very black and white. He just has a very rigid idea or he's very, very old fashioned. He's just got this rigid idea of, of, mm. of, of the way things should be in capital letters. And there's like, there's Will's way and then there's the wrong way. And he's very, very inflexible. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's, a, it's a, not, a, it's not a good, uh, you know, no matter how much we hate him, He's not happy and he's never going to be happy because he's, you know, he's um, just to live in that head, to have to live in that head all, all the time. is just horrendous. I, I had forgotten about the whole women on the cricket team thing. And when I think of bigotry in Ambridge, I always go to Sid Perks and the fact that, you know, Sid didn't want Adam to play because Adam was gay. And I always go, that was just so well written because everybody likes Sid. And it was nice to give him that kind of wrinkle, you know, and it, and it, and it yeah. fleshed him out somewhat. Whereas with with Will being sexist, it's more kind of obvious. And I, and I think, don't get me wrong, it should be. He shouldn't be, you know, if Will Grundy then started um, – you know, hanging out at, you know, at um, gay, going to Pride and stuff just yeah. because he can. It would make no sense. No. So, you know, it had to be put there for you to fully understand him. And as you said, he is very rigid in his way of looking at things. And he believes in the the squirearchy, doesn't he? He always doffs his yeah. cap to Brian. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and whenever Brian shows him any kind of... Um, favor is also incredibly grateful you know oh thank you brian you know yeah. he's a little bit toadyish in oh that god way. yeah yeah so so yeah it, it's, it's kind of it's kind of well well constructed the character of will grundy however you you said that you know he'll never be happy will is very happy doing his work being a gamekeeper and he yeah. was very happy with his relationship with nick she looked after the home and he went out to work and brought home the bacon. He, that for him was very perfect, you know, incredibly perfect. So winding all this all the way back, he meets, he met Nick on a bus or something. something yeah, he helped with, he her with his bags. George somewhere. He helped her with yeah. her bags. She was, she was struggling to get the, her bags yeah. on the bus. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Though I can't remember their courtship. I don't remember the, the courtship at all. I remember them meeting, and it was a bus. I don't remember their courtship, and I remember her slapping George. Yeah. And there, there must be some light side to Will, but I just, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, it's funny. Is it just, is it by accident? I can't remember you know, when he was somewhat tender and romantic and thoughtful, or maybe he just wasn't and she just wanted somebody and he wanted somebody and they just went, okay, let, let's just get it on. 
you know, yeah. you've helped me with the bags on the bus. Yeah. All right, I'll have <laughs> dinner do. with you. <laughs> and I'll move into the cottage next week. Because I, in my mind, I was kind of like that. Cause I, Can I you remember ever remember it. Will laughing? Hmm. It's a very good point, Lucy. It's what they say about Donald Trump, isn't it? Yeah. You, never, you never actually no. hear Donald Trump laugh. That's a very good point, Lucy. It's kind of, it's like he's too pompous to laugh. He's too, he won't let his guard down enough to be natural. Maybe he doesn't find anything funny. It's not even, (laughs) you know, he just doesn't see the humour in life. You know, it's all too serious. Things just need shooting, gamekeeping. Yeah. And you, need to, you need to set, yeah, you need to set or traps for, for, for wild animals. <laughs> <laughs> These are the truly important things in life. So I don't know. Anyway, with a spoon, um, it, it's, all, it's always good to have you on, on, on the show, sir. And uh, I must admit, I do feel that things are right in the world when he has his theme tune. Yeah. Uh, now, Arloos, um, I think this might be a first time called Rinnera. Uh, it goes by the name of Ashley. Hello, it's Ashley here from Brockley. Um, first time caller in a but a oh, very, very right. long time listener. Um, I'll get the housekeeping out of the way. I'm a social worker um, and I started listening. Well, I thought I started listening in 1988. Um, I had a girlfriend um, at university who introduced me. And so I thought I was a Ruth because I remember her coming. But then I looked at the timeline and it seems that Ruth came in in 1987. So I don't know what to think now. <laughs> Um, just a quick word. I know lots of people have spoken about it before in terms of Lucy's recent soliloquy on um, depression and uh, her experiences um, really resonated with me. Um, in fact, the only reason I'm here at the moment, I've got the time and space um, to, to call in is because um, I'm off work with depression. Um, yet again, the beast has visited me. Oh. It comes with no rhyme, no reason or any respect of my workload. And, um, that's where I am. Anyway, um, in terms of plot predictions, I'm pretty useless. Um, uh, me and my better half um, were absolutely convinced that Natasha uh, was a lesbian and that she was going to end up with Helen and Helen um, oh. having changed sides, given her emotional experiences. Um, completely got that wrong. Anyway, um, thank you for keeping me happy. Um, it's it, it's lovely to listen to it and listen to it again when I'm in a very kind of low place. And um, yeah, thanks for your good company. And um, maybe I'll call in again soon. Thanks. Mm. Oh, I Ash, do call, call in again soon. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm so sorry it's got you at the moment. I hope it releases its, opens its jaws again soon. You just have to, and it's hard to believe that it's going to, but it does. You know it does, but mm. you need that rational side of you to tell you that it does when... The emotional side makes you feel like you've always felt like this. You will always feel like this. This is it. And it isn't. It really, really isn't. Also, uh, what's a year between friends? If you think it was 1988 and you heard Ruth Archer come in, you're a Ruth, even if yeah. it was 1987. Who yeah. cares? As long as you're in the general ballpark, it's fine. Don't worry. This is remarkably flexible of you, Royfield. Normally you're, no. if you get it wrong, you're not allowed on the show. <laughs> no, it's when people say things like, I think Sarah said this, right? And, I, and I'm just, I, and I have to let it go. When she says, I remember Kathy's rape, so I'm a Kathy. 
but like Kathy came in it in like the early 1980s. You're not yeah, a Kathy. No. But I'd only be dogmatic about it. No. Right? But, you know, but clearly because you I, she, 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 tr- Sarah tried so hard. She just got it completely yes. wrong. That's yeah. all. You know. <laughs> That's all, Sarah. That's all. Don't feel bad about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, but at least, you know, at least Ashley, you know, is in the ballpark. You know, he might be out by a year or so, but fundamentally, I know he's vintage. I tell you, you know. what, though, I know, I know. Witherspoon said that he needs Ready Four to parachute him into Ambridge so he can sort them all out. My God, do they need Ashley as well? If any village needed a social worker, a resident social worker, it's Ambridge. Mm. The Grundies on their own need about eighty man hours a week. Very true. Well, half the characters do, you know. Yeah. Um, David and uh, Kenton need siblings therapy. Yeah, mediation. Yeah, it goes on and on. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Well, so do Ed so, and Will. Very true. Yeah. So they're getting, taking the present storyline, putting that to one side, they've been getting on remarkably well ever since uh, Ed shot Will's dog. <laughs> You know, Maybe that's all it back. took. He just needed to shoot his pet <laughs> and then he'd be fine. Mm, very true. Uh, now, so um, it's the person whose name I struggle with. It's Master Miles. Master Miles. Master Miles. Not Master Niles. Anyway, it's Master Miles, Lucy. Here he is. It's Master Miles. Hello, Dumpty Dum. This is Master Miles calling from rain-soaked upstate New York, where if I knew what silage was, I would be worried about it in all this weather. This week I'm calling to talk about the madness of Bridge Farm, which is now infecting the rest of the village, including my two favorite characters. I'm on record as being pro-Freddy, and I hate to see the harebrained business scheme theme plot taking over yep. Lower Loxley. I hope that his backstage tours will be a hit, but I'm not optimistic given the narrative of ineptitude with which they've been surrounded. And now my other favorite character, Jim, has been brought in as a fake lawyer for Jazzer. He doesn't have the expertise to do this. He doesn't have the legal standing, I suspect, to do this. And like all plots involving Jazzer, I suspect that it will turn out to be a big nothing burger in the end. But the main reason I'm calling this week is to talk about Tom and Natasha. And to make a plot prediction, there is a phrase that I've been certain we would hear by now, and I'm certain that we will hear it soon. It will come from Natasha, and it will explain why her marriage with Tom is over. And the phrase is, fail fast. It's business lingo, so it's the perfect thing for her to talk about. And it's the idea that when a new process or a new idea isn't working, don't give it extra time to work itself out to its inevitable conclusion. She'll want a divorce and she'll want it fast. The awkward part of this prediction is that I think she and Tom will continue to try to develop their insane app idea. We'll see how that goes as he's continuing to carry a torch for her and being generally neurotic. And she thinks that she can put emotions aside and plow ahead with a business scheme that was never going to work anyway. We shall see how this unfolds. That's all for now. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Um, mm. I love the... The thing is, though, uh, Master Miles, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. And as Tom's HR knowledge could comfortably be written on the back of a stamp, um, 
it, all Jimmers has to do is fling around the words constructive dismissal, uh, compensation, um, uh, regulations, um, blah, blah, blah. Tom's just going to go, oh, start throwing money at him, especially as Tom is a bit wobbly at the moment anyway. So it worked, you know, it doesn't really matter that he doesn't have any um, uh, genuine uh, legal knowledge. It's just it, compared with Tom, he is, you know, um, Perry Mason. So, you know, carry on, I say, Jimmis. <laughs> um, mm. so yeah, yes, I know. For, and, and yeah, the, 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 the Tom and Natasha thing they fail fast and move on i completely agree people talk now about starter marriages don't they um do they yeah that you know if you have a disastrous first marriage that's very sort of short-lived and uh mm-hmm. a, a bit of a just a, a sort of it was a bad idea and everyone knew it was a bad idea and it was all very hurried and rushed then and then the second one goes on for a long time and is sort of um fulfilling and 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 generally what you'd want then people say oh no that was that was just a starter marriage it's like you have to get it out of your system ridiculous but anyway there we go goodness right then um i've learned something yet again dum de dum is an education for me lucy thank you (laughs) Uh, (laughs) shall we have an advertisement because you know what i want to get to I want to have a little bit of local bit, then I wouldn't half like a mirror headline. So I'm going to do this. Can I just right, do? Folks, well, that, well, can oh, I just do? Can I just do Colin's um, email? Oh, all right. Go on. This then. is Grumpy Colin Churchill, who. Uh, <laughs> this is the crossest email I think we've ever had. Its subject is appropriately bad week. Right, message body. Mm. Just to say, this week's archers was terrible. The writers had characters outing our character and Sundays was a joke. Writers do not use the archers as a practice for writing for an EastEnders job. Then he goes on with no link whatsoever. <laughs> Birmingham Road Network was built to separate people from car and so people could walk without having to cross roads. Keep up the good work, Colin. <laughs> there we go. Thank you, Colin. I hope your week improved after that because it certainly sounded like you needed um, some sort of light relief. But anyway, yes, I hope it improved, mm. <laughs> even if the archers didn't. Just remind me what he said about the Birmingham Road Network. Uh, it was built to separate people from cars so people could walk without having to cross roads. Which yeah. I'm not sure about and because it... when I was there, all I did was cross roads. But anyway, but that was because mm. I was lost 90% of the time. Yeah. And Broad Street per se is not really um, a true uh, reflection, which is where you were of uh, the street patterns of, ah. of Brum. And he's he's completely and utterly correct. And initially the plan was to put an elevated motorway down actually uh, New Street, the, the very high street of Birmingham. Really? Thank God they didn't actually do Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good God. And, and, they, and they thought, yes, we will separate the cars completely from the pedestrians. So actually he's, he's spot on the money. But what it does do, it divides and dissects towns so you get these american cities where there are inner city highways uh crisscrossing them and you can't orientate yourself at all and actually what you don't want to do is as a pedestrian is to walk underneath a subway because they become dark and dank places or to go over a foot a, a footpath you know when you go to all the places that we go to in the world which are seen as being pleasant um, experience, pleasant places to experience don't have these things. They have streets which are 
of a scale and a size for the pedestrian yeah yeah and have nooks nooks and crannies and, and alleyways yeah and and it's because um cities have been around for i don't know twenty thousand years or so and we are and they've been made and they've been made to be traversed actually yeah. by foot not by cars did you know do you know something i can't remember if i've already told you this so tell me to shut up if i have but you know when there's mm. a path like Say it's a car park and then there's a concrete path that takes you to wherever it is that you've just parked for, you know, mm. the reason that you're in the mm. car park. Yeah. And then there's like, you see, you're normally straight. And then you notice a diagonal one that's just through the grass. Mm. that's just been made by people's feet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, do you know what, what that's called? No. That's called a desire path. So you oh. have your proper path that the town planners or whoever designed it thought, right, we'll get everyone to walk down here. And then people have thought, sod it, I'm not going down there. I want to go over there. That's quicker. So they cut across. And the cut across, the footpath that's made just by people's feet is called the desire path. I did not know that. Isn't that nice? I like that. There's another kind of phenomenon as to how we orientate ourselves and our perception of distance um, is really um broken up by the lack of what i call street theater by the lack of things to look at so when you go to a car park uh you're going to a big out of town shopping mall yeah it's a big ass car park and you park one end of the car park and you have to walk and you see where you've got to go and you've got to walk past all the cars to get there that's a trudge yeah it might only take you two minutes yeah but it's boring it's a trudge you go to a city or a town, and you go and park in a little car park, and you've got a five-minute walk to where you've got to get to, that's fine. Yeah. Because you've got things that divert your yeah. attention. Yeah. You've got little shops to look at, maybe a little road to cross over, et cetera. Right? Yeah. And, and it's just one of these shocking things that town planners have actually done is to design cities and how we experience, how we navigate the world through the experience of a car driver mm. and actually what you get is these soulless places like yeah. like the kids in live in a town called Burlington just outside of uh, Toronto and Burlington is a nice place but my god Lucy it's soulless every street corner looks exactly the same because they've got strip malls in them of mm. which the 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 theater is the car park is the parking lot yeah and it's just it's just it looks incredibly soulless and the the, there never appear to be people walking around it always feels like a ghost town yeah yeah and you contrast that with and that and this place has been planned as opposed to somewhere like what's that beautiful town that you um stanford you talked about yes stanford which no one sat down with a piece of paper says right we're going to design this no but it's organically come yeah. about over a thousand years to make sense out of the human experience, out of the, how, the size that we are actually as, as human beings, you know, and, yeah. and you look at it and you go, it's, it's a lovely place. So it says a lot about the profession of town planners that when you get a bunch of blokes, because invariably it is blokes to design somewhere, you get shit. And if you just leave it, yeah. you get desire paths everywhere. Yeah. Where people actually want to go. Yeah, and rather than where people, they're being told um, to go. Exactly. Anyway, on that note, now I'm definitely going to say, it's the advertisement time to get your camp coffee, go and have a waz, come back, other side, it's going to be the touch of the yokels. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, Dumpty Dum, it's Yokel Bear here calling with the social media roundup for the week. We started the week talking about Freddie and whether people were judging him unfairly. Do you remember when Clary said she didn't want the kids around him and stuff like that? Um, so did we feel sorry for him? Well, it was a bit of a mixed bag of responses. Benjamin Hugh Mac- uh, Mackay said, yes, I do feel sorry for him. He's done his time and should be rehabilitated properly. And yes, Russ did write that Facebook post little lord Fauntleroy using an alias account he knows that by keeping freddie unemployable he will have it lily eating out of his hand and then he can go off and bang elizabeth oh <laughs> yeah we don't like to think about that possibility <laughs> on the other end of the spectrum though uh kelly crocovero had some very firm views um when she said about freddie Go and get a bloody job, you total layabout. There are many opportun there are many opportunities for the writers to explore rehabilitation into society. Holding up at Lower Loxley is not one of them, unless it's his way back into crime, which honestly I wouldn't be put it past him. That boy is a wrong un. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that, Kelly. I think he's on a bit of a redemption arc, isn't it? But you have to mix it in with the fact that he's he's an annoying twat with a, a redemption arc. But we, we shall see. A lot of people commented on the £15, though, to go and see some old tat in a dusty attic. <laughs> Matthew Penny said, even my 10-year-old said, £15? A couple of quid to a fiver max to see an oldies yeah. on Lily's old hobbies horse, FFS. <laughs> We also had a bit of a discussion about um, Jazza's claim for um, constructive dismissal. And I said that I don't think it was going to be constructive dismissal because he couldn't show there was literally no alternative for him to leave immediately. Um, 
and we got into a bit of a discussion. If you if you're a bit of a law geek and you like a bit of law discussion, this Facebook post is for you. So get over there and have a look at it. Um, K. Richard Whitbread said, though, um, hate to disagree, but Jazz's job was redundant, and he was only guaranteed three months before his pay dropped to unskilled. There was no proper meeting, etc., etc. Um, so yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I think it may not have been constructive um, dismissal, but it was definitely dodgy. Whether it was that he wasn't given a, a proper redundancy, stuff like that. Um, one thing that did come up though, and a couple of people did mention that they were surprised that he had a contract. Um, a lot of people thought, well, he might have just been, you know, as Fiona Goldsmith said, do any of us really believe that Bridge Farm gave him a proper legal contract? Wouldn't he be self-employed with an understanding that the work was ongoing? Anne Sherwin thought it says more about the Bridge Farm mob. Um, when she said, I'm hoping it will give Tom a big wake-up call. The Bridge Farm mob are not good employers. Um, no, they don't seem to be sometimes, do they? Um, no, Tom hasn't really got a handle on being a good employer, I think. He's too wrapped up in himself, especially at the moment, you know, with the missus missing. So there you go. <laughs> We also talked about Tracy Horobin when I said, can we all agree, more Tracy Horobin, please? Because I think she's great. She's just brilliant. Um, I absolutely love the kind of, just the, the honesty she brings. She's just so in your face. And um, I absolutely loved the conversation between her and Harrison about the cricket, where he went in thinking it was going to go one way. But no, it went Tracy's way because that's how Tracy is. Um, so yeah Melissa Williams had pure genius I love the fact she doesn't give a shit and has no filter but she always puts her family first one minute she is questioning how Neil Bell's suggestion is art to saying Neil has her vote classic um, Holly Gage said um, on the question of more um, Tracy Horrible she went oh my god yes where some people disagreed Elizabeth Llewellyn said a very firm no please no. Now, it wouldn't be my week doing the social media roundup if we didn't do a Dumpty Dum People's Poll. And this week on uh, Dumpty Dum Decides, um, I posed a very simple question, which was, if you had to pick one, who do you like more, Kenton or David? Now, this is amazing. We This, this was the most participated poll we've had with 523 votes. That's wow. the highest turnout for a Dumpty Dum Decides poll that we've had. And the result was... Um, 67% said they like David. 33% said they like Kenton. Um, so David's come out on top. But a lot of comments were showing that people were really torn. Um, Susie Christopher said David is dull. Kenton is slightly less dull. Hence why <laughs> I've chosen Kenton. Jane Woodhouse was thinking what might be in it for herself when she said, I think I like Kenton more because he owns a pub and I sort of assumed there might be some free booze. But on reflection, yeah, Jane, I don't think you're going to get that booze. Gina Charlesworth, who I assume voted for David, said simply, Kenton is a total spank wangle. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you said that kind of wrong, Gina. Mind you, it'd be very rude if you said it the right way, wouldn't it? Really. So, but we get the we get the message. You think that that Kenton is well a spank wangle? Karen Cunningham said, "Like more, if pushed, it would have to be have to be hate least. Like doesn't even come into the the equation mm. with both of them." Whereas our own Witherspoon had a definite favourite when he said, David, not even yeah. two seconds of thought. Yep. So that's the social media roundup for the week. And let's see what this week brings um, for us. My personal prediction, I think the next coming weeks is where we're going to see Tracy and Will start getting together. Whoa. Oh, Lord, the thought of it. <laughs> anyway, that's me done. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye, Miss Mr. Yokel Bear. You mentioned in your monologue uh, that uh, fascists were getting um, milkshaked. Yes. Yeah. And I was only vaguely aware of this. I know Tommy Robinson's got milkshaked a few times. Uh, Nigel Farage got milkshaked yeah. today. Burger King were told uh, by the police in wherever it was he was last to stop. I think it was works up in Nottingham. Um, to the Burger King had been told by the police that they were not to sell milkshakes that day. Well, I've just seen on Twitter it says fascist fascists, uh, fascists in Exeter is big picture Nigel Farage. Next next reply here's a handy list and a map of the local McDonald's. <laughs> There's just something so uh, undignified about it. That's what's lovely because it doesn't hurt. It's they're not going to get cut or you know bruised or anything. They're just going to look wet and it's really sticky and cold and ugh, and it's just perfect. Uh, no, it, 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 it is a, <laughs> a fantastically modern uh, display of uh, of disgust, isn't it? It's yeah. just oh fuck off. Have, yeah. have this milkshake. Yeah. <laughs> You know, how British. Right, now, uh, give us a headline, Arlis. Um Sheep registered as pupils in bid to save classes at French Alps Primary School. I beg your pardon? Sheep registered <laughs> as pupils in bid to save classes at French Alps Primary School. I actually feel this is actually quite a sad story. I know, it is. Because it's it's like the demise of like a uh, you know remote towns yeah. and stuff, and the fact that young families can't can't be there because they don't have the amenities, and then you have a cascade effect. Yeah, I don't want to laugh at that one, Luce. But I don't know, I don't know why they thought they'd get away with putting <laughs> sheep down. But anyway, they did. There we go. <sighs> but and but they didn't get away with it though, did they? No, because we no. know. We know exactly. Uh, it, Go on, why don't you tell us about tweets of the last seven days? Ruth Ian, Will's been clearing Badger's Bank, the filthy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, alternative Archers, this is Elizabeth to Will. And Will, if you ever want to go camping, let me know. <laughs> um, now. if Jeremy Kyle was still on the air, Dave and Kenton could sort this out. Um, Bob Hawkins, if Will goes to a therapist, the therapist will need counselling. <laughs> and... <laughs> Dave Blake, Wessex Wessex Wildlife. This is just a ridiculous tweet, but it really made me laugh. Um, Poppy picked a posy of pansies for the poor parent who is poop. (laughs) That's all levels of genius. (laughs) 
Well <sighs> done. Well done. Tell you what is also genius. Our new app, Lucy. Oh, that thing. Our, yeah, our yeah. new app. Even I'm on now, it. Now, folks. I know. You actually answered some people. And I you did. actually got involved. I, I did. was like, bloody and hell. Then, and then I took fright and ran off. But, you know, I tried for a little bit. I did it. Well done, you. Uh, there are a hundred and odd dumb dumbers who are on this app, folks, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, quite simply, uh, you get your smartphone out and then you click on the link in the show notes on this episode of Dumpty Dum, and you can just go join, and then a whole level of fun and archers. But you chat need to tell them what the app is called in case they want to search for it. Mm, yeah, but it doesn't work like that. Oh. No, you've got to be invited. Oh, is that what? <laughs> really? Oh, is that why Dusty yeah. couldn't do it? Because Dusty said she couldn't figure yeah, out yeah. You, it. Yeah, oh. you, you've, you've got to have the link. Because basically what it is, so there's a company called Flick, and they create, in effect, chat rooms, forums. And there's oh. loads of them. Right. So if so you're going to Flick, you'll never find it. Yeah, exactly. Right. You need to be invited with a specific link, which gets you onto the dumpy dum area. And then it's just pure dumpy dum chat. That's kind of how it works, you see. So what I'm going to do... <laughs> I'm going to remove the forum from dumdydum.com at some point this week and then just put a link on it saying, go here, ah, click here for the chat. Right? Um, I have done this also on Facebook once, if not twice. I've done it on Twitter, I think, twice as well. But I'll keep doing it for the next few weeks, you know, like twice a week on the different platforms uh, so that people um, can actually join it. But, yeah, if you just download Flick the app, you're not going to find it, I'm afraid. You need to be invited in and then you just get the full Dumpty Dum Archers experience. But it's lots of fun. People are talking about what they had for dinner. Um, <laughs> That's not sounding very fun. No, it is. Because the amount of people that are proclaiming, Chile, I'm having chili tonight. <laughs> yeah, with your humble brags, I know what you're saying. You know. <laughs> So there's a there's a lot of chili eating uh, dumby dummers, shall we say? Uh, and but also, of course, people going into the weeds about Tom and Natasha or things that have happened last week in Ambry. So it's it's lots and lots and lots of fun. And also, Lucy, there's just like, people from all over the world, of course. You know, somebody from Bogota. Yeah, I'm a dummy dummer from Bogota. You name it, whatever flar flung city you can think of. Uh, I think there's a dummy dummer in the welcome section that says, "Hello, I'm from." Rye in the Isle of Wight. Can you believe we have people from the Rye in the Isle of Wight that even listen to them? They're all there. So uh, go on. So go on to Facebook if you're part of our Facebook group, and you'll see a post about it or Twitter or wherever the heck, and just click on that link and you'll get into the chat because it's it's kicked off. It is kicking off, folks. It's fire, as my little brother would say fire so uh lucy dumdum.com go there it's got sharp it's got some awesome things in there oh remember a few weeks ago we talked about those uh those long in the torso t-shirts the dick yes. teens as they call them yes two of them got purchased this weekend i think somebody's obviously going through the back catalogue of dumpty dums and thought you know what i like the sound of them bish bosh bang i'm gonna buy some and they did so well done to you for buying a black dick tea t-shirt which says dumpty dum across your chest and also the dark grey one too, because I think look rather smart. And actually, I'm going to go and purchase one myself because I like a dip tea, and I don't know why I haven't actually bought one. So dumdydum.com, go there. It's got awesome things. And I think what I will also add to the shop in the next week or two is some Archers-related books. 
well, we might as well put put them in there uh, because uh, people like them. So anyway, so dumdum.com, go there. It's awesome. Uh, oh, gosh, Lucy, I mm. did say last week that we were going to thank people who've written us reviews. I completely forgot. And considering you kept me waiting for 45 minutes, right, I had more than I'm sorry. ample time. Well, it wasn't actually your fault. I know it's a technology snafu because you were ready on time. But I would have had the time then to collate the list. Uh, so if you're waiting to hear your name being read out by myself or Lucy, sorry, uh, I'll try and remember for next week. Okay. Uh, but we'll get round to you uh, to thank you for writing a review because reviews are really important because what they help us to do is get more oxygen to our podcast by getting more listeners because how iTunes works is the more reviews, the further up you go in the iTunes charts and then more people get to know about what you're doing, blah, 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 blah. So next week, folks, if I remember, and I get waylaid. Um, is there anything in red you want to read out? Uh, remember to get in contact with us you can send us a voice message via speakpipe on the website or you can call 0203 031 3105 to leave a message mm. and by the way just before i forget um when you when you do get your purchases uh don't forget that you know whack them out on social media on the twitters on facebook or even on the new dumdy dum flick app because um, i know audrian carubius who's in alameda She's got one of the new Dumpty Dum mugs and she sent in a nice picture of herself on the new Flick app with her holding up her Dumpty Dum grass mug and it looks awesome. And Audrianne, if you bear with me, we'll meet up and have that coffee in the next week or so. Um, Twitter, we, we do some stuff on Twitter. You can catch Yokel Boy pretending to be Dumpty Dum, uh, but really he's just like being like his like normal, witty, funny, awesome self quite simply by typing in dumdy dum um i can be found at royfield lucy can be found at lucy v freeman and of course on facebook we do some stuff also which is uh the yokel bear and millie bell section of this show so quite simply if you want to get a mention uh by going on to facebook go on to facebook type in dumdy dum and maybe you'll get a mention there you go. Uh, I think that's me done. I'm trying to wrap up because I've got loads of editing to do. I've got my Commonwealth thing to do. Uh, what, what are you going to do the rest of your evening? Um, check that my daughter is doing her maths revision for tomorrow. Oh. Yes. Maisha has started her A-level exams. Oh, has she? She did sociology. No, she did history on Friday. Right. She has the second part of history, I think, tomorrow, if not Wednesday, and then the first part of sociology. But, you know, it's all, all hands on deck. Tilly's carry on hope... until the middle of June, her GCSEs. Really? Goodness. When, when did she start? Oh, a week ago. She has 24 you know exams. Considering the bearing this is going to have on, on, you know, a teenager's future life. It is a lot of pressure, isn't it? I know. It? A lot of pressure in like a month. Yeah. Know, so. At the moment, it's Best like to... it's like living with the Lady of Shalott. She's either passed out on the sofa with her hand over her eyes saying, my life is over. This is a disaster. Or she goes off mm. and does a good exam and then comes back all chirpy and lovely and saying, no, don't worry, mum, it's fine. I'm not bothered, you know. And then two hours later, she's crying again. It's just impossible. Oh, God. Mm. I've got to the stage now where I don't care whether she does well or not. I just want them to be over. 
Maisha came, uh, called me up the other day and I said, how did your, goodness, I'm getting this mixed up. I'm getting history and politics mixed up. She did politics the other day, okay. not history. Anyway, um, so I said, how, how is politics? And she went, hmm, don't know. There's one question I couldn't answer. I went, oh, you'd be all right. She went, no, nah, Dad, it was really, really, no one could answer it. She said, even Wikipedia couldn't answer it. Ooh. Oh, Wikipedia? She went, yeah, I'd forgotten there's this boy in their class who everyone calls Wikipedia because he knows everything. <laughs> he walked out and said, <laughs> even Wikipedia said, nah, God, I didn't get that one. She said, that's how hard it was, Dad. Uh, yeah. So anyway, if you are studying um, if you're revising at the moment and you've got exams, you know, our, our hearts, thoughts, feelings yeah, go out to you. Absolutely. And, and however bad you think it's going to, you know, it is, don't worry, it never quite is as bad. So um, it will be all right. Do yeah. not worry. Yeah. Hmm. I bet you did. I bet you had like eight A stars or something horrendous. No, no, I didn't. No. Did you not? No. Nope. Really? Yeah. How many how many GCSEs did you get? Uh I honestly can't remember. Um I'm not being I'm not being well, You lost count. No, 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 no. I I seriously can't remember, but I didn't do brilliantly. I mean I always did well in English. Um mm. everything else was sort of average. Apart from maths, which was a total disaster. Oh. And science was okay. also a total disaster, I think. But in those days, you see, you could bullshit. You can't bullshit now. <laughs> They've caught on to people like me. <laughs> uh, all right, you. Um, I've definitely got to say goodbye. Okay. Bye-bye. I should have gone for my walk 10 minutes ago. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, Luce. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.